Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Friday, April 21st. It's six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So guess what is happening with Joe Biden? Could be anything, honestly, how, really. How many guesses do I get? Do I get eight E-I-G-H <laughs> no, guesses? You just get one. He is going to announce his run for the presidency, apparently, on Tuesday. Oh, okay. So finally. So this had been a big deal where people were starting to get very frustrated with him, especially on the left, because he had not made an announcement, nor had he indicated when he was going to make an announcement. And then there was a story that came out a couple weeks ago that was saying it could be he could wait all the way up until the fall and people were like dude what we know you've lost your mind but like clearly you're not running your re-election campaign all you got to do is waddle out there and say i'm running for re-election and then take no questions what is the holdup? yeah well we thought maybe it was going to be after the state of the union address and then he said after the holidays him and Jill were going to go discuss it with the fam, and then nothing. It was crickets. And now they're saying that it's going to coincide. It's April 25th, which is the date in 2019 he launched his presidency. So I don't know if he feels like that's a lucky day for him. Uh, Why does it matter? Is he because he's going to stand up there and he's four years ago and let's finish the job? It, it, it could. A lot of times, like when we had Marlon Stutzman on yesterday, he declared on tax day, and that's a popular thing, especially for conservatives to do. I can't say Republicans anymore because they're the party of high taxes, but uh, many conservatives, you know, we're going to do on tax day, we're going to prove a point, blah, 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 or there's some big event that happened on the anniversary. But it is interesting because until he it limited his ability to raise money as an undeclared candidate for president now he's still the president he has the bully pulp with the power of the presidency but it is interesting that he took this long to make a declaration especially when trump got a huge head start on him and i don't know if part of it was um part of it is how much money trump has brought in since the indictment i don't know but uh I, I get. I mean, I guess it's game on. Now he does, of course, have a comp, uh, competitor or two already. Well, that was that's what I was going to say. My theory is that now that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is in the race, oh, okay, now he has to announce because he's got to start raising money. And Robert Kennedy, he's already got fourteen percent of Biden's voters. Yeah. So this poll came out that said fourteen percent of people who voted for Biden would vote for Robert Kennedy. That is not. Um, that is obviously not enough to win, but here is the, if you look at historically, it is rare that pr sitting presidents get viable primary challengers. Now there's always, uh, Fred is a truck driver from Utah and Fred is going to run for president. And then Fred gets seven votes and two of which were his mother and father. And it, that's not viable. But if you look at the history of this country, when, when presidents, sitting presidents get viable primary challenges in in the modern era, post-war era. So you've got Johnson in 68. And 
Isn't it interesting, though, with the Robert F. Kennedy, just like his dad did to yeah. Johnson? I mean, there was the uh, a hor- horrible war going on. Right. Ukraine, Vietnam, right. there's similar- similarities there. The, the state of energy in the country at the time yep. and the economy. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between the two. So you had Johnson in 68. He didn't run again. You had Kennedy, Kennedy uh, also ironic, Kennedy challenging Carter in 1980. Kennedy lost at the convention, the famous dream will never die speech. And then you had Pat Buchanan in 1992 with old man Bush. And in all three of those cases, while the sitting president, either in the case of Johnson didn't run, but the, in Carter and, and, and Johnson and, and Bush's case, they won the viable challenger was a precipice to, um, or a prelude, I guess I should say, to a a fall defeat. Because if you are vulnerable inside your own party, then there is a very good chance you are vul- vulnerable with the entire nation. Yeah. It's 10 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Kevin McCarthy, he unveiled his... His debt limit bill? Is that what you want to call uh-huh. it? Uh, a lot of his friends surrounding him, they're not so happy about it. Well, There's been a lot of grumbling. The, what? <laughs> you mean a politician made promises to get elected to something and is not keeping them? Casey Daniels. I know. Yeah, that seems totally perfect, right? Yeah. And again, it comes back to, and, and this is not an us problem. It's just like the people who voted for Todd Young. That's not an us problem. You people who reelected Todd Young are the problem when he screws the the country and goes back on his word after getting getting reelected. We told you what was going to happen. We're not surprised. You know who needs an explanation or owes an explanation? Is Jim Banks. Jim Banks is the one who came on this radio show time and time again and said what a great guy Kevin McCarthy was and how he was really going to be a fighter and we could really trust him and blah, 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 and voted for him 15 times. And then people got angry with me for pointing out how Jim Banks was going to be proven completely wrong. And, oh, Jim Banks, he's a great guy. Well, he's going to be proven totally wrong. Now, the question is, will Jim, because he listens to the show and his people listen to the show, Will Jim man up and come in here when ultimately the debt ceiling is finally voted to be raised and there are no meaningful spending cuts? Will Jim come in here and admit we were right and then we can all be friends again and we'll just slap Jim on the wrist and say, there, there, Jim, don't do that again and we'll all be friends again? Or will he just continue to duck and dodge us like he's done so far? This is who Kevin McCarthy is. So does he have to run around now? And get support from these guys because people like Andy Biggs and Nancy Mace and even George Santos. Well, he's got a real problem. Because are saying they're not, they're not on board with this plan. He's going to need Democrats to get this across the finish line. And this is what we've been saying from the beginning, Casey, which is do not look at all these bills the House are passing. You know, all these the ch- women in sports and all these other things. Doesn't matter. You know, defund the IRS. Doesn't matter. Look at what they do in the debt ceiling. Because there's no actual power in all these meaningless bills that they're passing. The actual power rests in the debt ceiling and the budget fights. If you wanted to fund the IRS, make it a part of the debt ceiling. Biden's told you he has to sign it. Biden's already told you 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 can't not raise the debt ceiling. Defund the IRS. They're not serious about defunding the IRS. Republicans love big taxes. Republicans love big government. That's why there's no meaningful cuts in what McCarthy is proposing. Now, he's proposing enough cuts... They don't help anything. Yeah, but it's like nickel and diming. Right. He'll be, it it is equivalent if if you owed $32,000, 
you know, on your credit card and you said, well, I shaved seven dollars. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll cut off. I'll cut out that Starbucks. Right. It, it is. It is totally meaningless. And everybody with the firing synapse in their brain should have known that Ke- this is who Kevin McCarthy is. It's who he's always been. And it should give every single person serious pause on the judgment of a Jim Banks because no one held a gun to his head. Had Jim Banks chosen to line up with the 21, 22, whatever it was, people who were opposing Kevin McCarthy, Jim Banks is powerful enough and respected enough, he could have actually stopped Kevin McCarthy's nomination. If Jim Banks had walked out there and said, I'm out. But he not only did he not do that, he was here and there and everywhere else telling us how great Kevin McCarthy was. So if Jim is the stand-up guy that he professes to be, then he will totally have no problem coming in here after the final deal is done and everything is signed and the debt ceiling goes up and we add another trillion and a half to the nation's debt and say, Rob, you and Casey were right. I made a mistake. I have learned from the mistake and let's all be friends again. But I bet Jim will be a big coward and won't up to own up to his uh, very obvious mistake that he made 15 times in a row. What do you want to bet, Casey? <laughs> I you're you're. I think you're going to be taking a victory lap again Look, on that hey, one. There was, Casey, there's nothing more that I would have liked than to be standing here right now going, you know what? Jim was right, and I was totally wrong. Kevin McCarthy has been a, a real... He's a, a real fighter. He's a bulldog on this. Mm-hmm. He's demanding a balanced budget. Yeah. He's demanding to fund the IRS. He's demanding all the things that, you know, they're passing on their own, and I'm totally wrong, and I'll eat crow, and, hey, everybody go vote for Jim Banks. But I knew that wasn't going to happen, and I knew Jim Banks' support of Kevin McCarthy wasn't because Jim Banks thought Kevin McCarthy was going to be what he said he was going to be. His support of Kevin McCarthy was he doesn't want a primary challenger in his run for U.S. Senate. And we have the misfortune on this show, Casey. And, well, he's not getting one. Well, right. He's successful. Yeah. He's he. Jim Banks made the choice that was best for Jim Banks. Just like every other politician makes the choice, almost every other politician, not named, you know, Rand Paul, makes the choice that's best for them versus what's best for the people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear Jim, you know, he's a member of the military or used to be, and he's a stand-up guy and a good guy and an honest guy. And an honest guy will come in here and admit the mistakes. He will not do that, of course, because that would make him look bad. But, but the point in all of this is the Republicans are who the Republicans have always been. It's who they always will be. They're the party of big government, they're the party of big taxes. The only difference between them and the Democrats is the Republicans lie to you about what they actually think. Okay, you had mentioned women in sports, and we're going to talk about that coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 18 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Just a couple of quick trending things this morning. Uh, McDonald's is trending. They're going to make the Big Mac sauce in dipping cups now where you can you know how you can get the barbecue sauce for your chicken nuggets or whatever flavor of dipping yeah. sauce you like now one of the sauces that will be available is the big mac sauce that's a new one and also at mcdonald's they've announced that they're making some small but tasty improvements to their burgers uh-huh. they say they're going to add softer buns uh-huh. a meltier cheese uh-huh and caramelized onions. We've talked about this before, Casey. And Leave every, it as it is. I know. You don't like change. Every time McDonald's tries to do something other than be McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It goes horribly wrong. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know why? We know what we're getting at McDonald's. <laughs> we like what we're getting at McDonald's, which is caloric, salt-filled crap that will eventually kill you. <laughs> I know that. Ryan knows that. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know why we eat at McDonald's? Because it's fast 
and it's cheap. And McDonald's just can't keep being McDonald's. Stop. (laughs) Just stop. Also trending this morning, BuzzFeed. Do you know what BuzzFeed is? Have you ever gone on BuzzFeed? They're the ones that do the polls and the questions like, you know, answer these questions and we'll tell you what state you should Mm -hmm. live in. Yeah, absolutely. What sort of house you should have. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're closing down. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be shuttered. It's a corporate cost-cutting move. You know, uh, a lot of these... um, what do I want to call them? Fringe is fringe the right way? I don't know what the word is, but these websites that are not exactly mainstream in the sense of it's not NBC News, it's not uh, Fox News, mm-hmm. it's not uh, Drudge Report. They have really hit hard times over the past decade, and we've seen many of them really struggle to not only maintain success, but maintain solvency. Yeah. Well, they had mentioned that they were going to cut about 15% of their entire staff. And then they just announced, no, we're not doing that. We're cutting 100%. You know what I think it is, Casey? I've thought about this before. It's, there's too many, there's too many opportunities to get whatever you want. Like you can get stuff Mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. And the, in the media world, the stuff that succeeds now are the people who still find a way to give you the thing you can't get anywhere else. It's why this radio station, despite our industry really struggling, continues to do so well because we give them, especially from a local content perspective. You can't get it anywhere else. The things we talk about every single day on this show and the local, the local content is unavailable. unavailable and so unless you are giving someone something they can't get anywhere else I think you really struggle to make it anymore in our society because people can get it from anywhere and there's too many options and if you've got seven people wanting a product obviously it's much more than that but if you've got seven people wanting a product and there's nine different places they can get it well if they all go different places then two people have no one and seven people just have a small amount of customers, and it's impossible to run a business that way. Yeah. The pie has gotten bigger with all of the different yeah. options. And that's probably part of the reason why all of these late-night TV shows, their ad revenue is collapsing. It's mm-hmm. declined 41% over the past, what, five years? Well, I think a big part of that, too, is those people just aren't funny. <laughs> I mean, Stephen Colbert. And you can't, unless your niche is you, you are an offensive person. Which late night television, until recently, I mean, when you think of Carson or Leno or even Letterman until the very end, they weren't, they were just funny people. They told jokes, they interviewed celebrities, the band played a few songs, you had a guest band in there, and everybody went to bed, hey, I watched that, and then I dozed off watching Letterman or Leno or, you know, even the Conan O'Brien, the the late show. But now it's an infused, it's infused politics from a bunch of people who are morons. Stephen Colbert's a moron. Now, I was young when Carson was on it, so I wasn't aware. I don't know. Was he as political no. as they are now? No, he was funny. He told jokes. He did the, what was the guy where he wore the... the, the yeah, and he put the... Karnak. Yes. Karnak the Magnificent. It was funny. It was entertaining. Johnny Carson was a genius. Johnny Carson was hilarious. Jay Leno, funny, genius, great guy. You were never going to be offended, regardless of what your politics were or your ethnicity or your whatever, watching those shows. because they And if they told jokes, 
They told him about everyone. The president of the United States got dumped on, whether it was Bill Clinton or George Bush or whoever. This is, these shows aren't worth watching. Again, it comes back to there's nothing you're getting there that you can't get anywhere else. And like you said, the ad... The ratings suck, mm -hmm. and as a result, yeah. ads are based on ratings. Yeah. Well, and I've mentioned it before. There are more people now in the country listening to traditional radio, like we are broadcasting on right now, than broadcast TV. And that decline is just going to keep happening as more people are going to their streaming services or YouTube. There's eventually going to have to be, though, I don't know, we got to get to a break here, but mm -hmm. there's eventually going to be a moment, though, where there's, and you're, you've seen this in the sports betting world, where a couple years ago, when sports betting started get le getting legalized across the country, there were all these kind of pop-up betting services. And there were so many of them that it was, again, what we just talked about. If there's seven customers and there's nine options, well, two are going to be left with nothing. And maybe someone gets two, but most of them are going to get one, and that's not enough to sustain a business. And very quickly, sports betting has been legal, what, three or four years now. You have seen... Uh, many of those smaller companies be bought up by the larger ones or they've gone out of business and now you've got you know you've got uh DraftKings, you've got FanDuel, there are a couple of other Bet Rivers, etc. Yeah. But there's very few left. I think you're gonna see that in media again. There's too many options and the there's not enough customers for all of the options. It's way too fragmented. Okay, women in sports, we're going to get to that. And also, Pearl Jam coming to Indy. We'll talk about that. And do people still write thank you notes? We're going to get the expert, Susan Beckwith, weighs in. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1131 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, the House approved trans athlete ban for girls and women's sports teams. Uh -huh. it, was a, it was a big day on the federal level yes. for women in sports. The bill got approved 219 to 203 party lines. <laughs> Not a single Democrat voted for this. Isn't that okay? So again, it's more meaningless stuff that doesn't matter because that's what the House is doing right now. There's nothing they're doing that's going to be signed into law. There's nothing they're doing that's going to get to Biden's desk. He would veto it if it did. Right. And this is why we talk about whatever the Republicans actually want, they could get in the debt ceiling bill. So you'll see what they want, which is actually nothing. They're trying to fool you, which is what they do. However, you're right, Casey, even though this was a, uh, what do they call a ceremonial vote or whatever, isn't it weird The 203 Democrats said we want people with penises to dominate women's sports? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, how else would you word what that no vote represents? Okay, so we've talked a lot about how this is uh, about equality and fairness. But I want to bring something else to your attention. So this was during a volleyball game. Peyton McNabb is this female's name. She was spiked in the face yeah. by a biological male competing with women. This was a yes. high school volleyball game. Yes, this spiked was Spiked in this the face. And she gave testimony for the first time publicly as we continue this fight for women in sports. And after you listen to this brave girl... I want you to realize that not allowing biological males in women's sports, it's not just about equality. It's not just about fairness. It is about safety. November 1st, 2022, I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game. 
by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and neck injury that to this day I am still recovering from. Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. I was unable to play the rest of my last volleyball season, and although I am currently playing softball, I am not able to perform as well as I know I have in the past because of the injury. My ability to learn, retain, comprehend has also been impaired, and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. She now requires special accommodations for testing because somebody let a dude spike a volleyball in her face representing the women's team. You ever seen the movie Cable Guy? Jim Carrey? I know of which you speak. Just a hilariously funny movie very early Jim Carrey movie he plays this neurotic bizarre cable guy who latches on to anybody who's remotely nice to him and there's a scene where he starts stalking Matthew Broderick this is the guy he's latched on to and he follows him everywhere and he's calling him at home and he just starts magically in air quotes showing up at the places Matthew Broderick is and acting like it's a giant coincidence well one of the places is the rec basketball gym where Matthew Broderick plays his games. And it's Jack, like Jack Black is one of his buddies. And they're just, you know, out there having fun shooting hoops. And Jim Carrey's got on a tank top and short shorts and a mouthpiece. And he's running sprints to get warmed up before the game. And he's this just animal out there on the court. He's like stepping on guys backs. He's mm-hmm. elbowing them. And, and, these guys are just like, what is going on Next here? Next level. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And this is what yeah. the trans thing in sports has become, except in Cable Guy, it was funny because it was absurd. The and it dem- was a joke. Yes. The Democrats and the left look at this and go, no, this is fine. This should continue to, to, to happen. You have these maniacs out there, grown men in many cases, who are destroying women on athletic fields and in swimming pools and basketball courts and just why would you think this is okay and they're saying that they're being oppressed okay so life-changing and even life-stopping occurrences are at risk no sport no game it's not worth someone's life and to biological males that are impeding women's sports here's my message to you stay in your lane This is a decision that you've made. If you want to transition, that is your choice. But you have to be willing to give something up. What do you have to give up, Casey? Playing in women's games. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. I thought you were saying you should have to. No, 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 because you know, Casey, my theory is if you chop it off, then I'm going to believe you're serious. If you're willing to chop, chop the thing off or grow the thing or however they do that on the other way, I don't exactly know. But if you're chopping something, look, here's my deal. If you're going to chop off the the twig and berries, then you can play all the women's sports. Because then I'm going to know you are a firm believer in whatever cause you're out there for. You chop it off, you can smash uh, volleyballs, you can uh, dunk basketballs, you can run sprints around the uh, around the track. But until then, you're a clown. You have no business being in women's sports. You're not a woman. You're a man. 
go compete and lose against the men. Okay, well, Democrat Hakeem Jeffries disagrees with you. He says biological males competing against women in sports is an issue that doesn't even really exist. And the extreme mega Republicans are trying to sensationalize an issue that doesn't really exist Hmm. in the way that they are falsely portraying. Okay, well, please tell... Uh, Peyton McNabb that it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. The woman who now has to have special circumstances to continue her schooling when she was just playing a volleyball game and some dude spiked a ball in her head. But this is why when we talk about the left being able to create definitions and meanings of words to be whatever they want, this is why it's important you push back on it because this is where it ends up, right? A man is not a woman. If you have a penis, you're a man. If you're a man, you compete against men. If you're a man, you compete against men. Leah Thomas is probably a below average swimmer against men. Yes. But we live in a world where we lie about the definition of what Leah Thomas is. And we are uh, close our eyes and go, that's a woman. And he's able to be a winner when he's actually a loser. Leah Thomas is a total loser who has manipulated society and used the radical left... Although it's not even the radical left anymore, Casey. If all Democrats voted against this bill, which would keep men out of women's sports, then it is the plank that we talked about the other day. It's not even the radical left. It's the plank of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is now the party of men being able to, to take over women's sports. Okay, well, one last clip. Elise Stefanik, she sound off about this. We are so proud to be in a House Republican majority, but I am personally proud that we elect America elected the highest number of Republican women ever. They are strong leaders in our conference and particularly on important days like today. uh, We are so grateful for their effective advocacy to get this bill across the finish line. Today we will pass uh, this historic legislation to protect women and girls in sports. Uh, Thank you so much to the incredible work I know that there are so many personal stories, and in addition to these wonderful women members of Congress, we have tremendous women athletes who are here with us today who have talked about just the unfairness when it comes to biological males competing in women's sports. If you talk to women leaders today, so many had opportunities when it came to sports growing I'm going to cut off that a little short because I want to tell everybody, I had Casey post something yesterday, (laughs) and uh, you need to go over to at CaseyDaniels317 on Twitter. How old are you in that photo? Seven. Okay. There is a photo of young Casey Daniels that everybody can see. Wow. I knew it was you immediately. You have not changed at all. Oh, it looks exactly you, like it's, you. It's a, it's a grown-out Dorothy Hamill haircut and yeah. buck teeth. But in the face, it is totally you, <laughs> 100%. All right. Uh, at Casey Daniels 317, you will totally not be a, uh, uh, disappointed in the seven-year-old Casey Daniels uh, photo. Women in sports since then. All right. When we come back, you know, we've made, a, uh, made it a pledge of ours. We're going to send you into the weekend on yeah. a positive note, and we're going to teach you to be better members of society. Mm-hmm. It's mind your manners with susan beckwith and we're going to talk about how you handle a thank you an appropriate thank you in 2023 you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc it's time to mind your manners with susan beckwith
All right, Casey, it's time to mind your manners. And for those of you who are new to the program, the reason we do this is, well, y'all need a little advice <laughs> on your manners. <laughs> we've got an expert, too. Yeah, we do. No, for real. So we thought several weeks ago, we said, we've got to send our audience into the weekend with something a little lighter, mm-hmm. a little feel good, yeah. and maybe something that they can take with them into the weekend when you're in these, you know, social settings around people that will make you a better member of society. Yeah. Because you all know you're not getting any better as a member of society listening to us. No. <laughs> so we have an expert. She's the former Miss Indiana, 2005 Miss Indiana, now runs a website called Bell of the Midwest. Her name is Susan Beckwith. Susan, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. Happy Friday. Yes, we're so glad you're joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. All right, so our topic for this week is something that I think every single person struggles with, and that is when someone does something nice for you, gives you something, whatever it might be, how do you properly say thank you? Oh, I feel like the pot calling the kettle black a little bit on this one myself. And it's actually a big area of focus of trying to be better about in 2023. So I'm right there with a lot of your listeners if this is something that they absolutely despise doing. In fact, I I was talking to a colleague of mine and she asked her boyfriend about it. He said, I'd rather be kicked in the face by a horse. than (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay, okay. that seems extreme. Yeah, it's okay. So when I was was a kid, whether it was birthday, Christmas, whatever, you got a present from someone, whether it was an aunt, a grandparent, uh, a family friend, my parents would be very adamant, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. two days later, whatever. Rob, you need to write your thank you letters. Do people still write thank you letters anymore? You should, and your parents did an excellent job, and that's something that I'm even trying to work on with my um, kiddos so that they can just really get used to doing that and get in the habit of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great way to show just your sincere gratitude, the intentionality. There's really nothing better than a handwritten thank you. And it's, you know, there's a lot of benefit to it. Not only is it a great way to build that relationship, but it's even great for your own well-being. So there's a quick little story that I'd love to share about a gentleman that was kind of going through a really low season in his life. But at that same time, he had committed to writing one thank you note every single day. Wow. And at the end of that year, his situation had really turned around, which was phenomenal. But what he really gained from that year of gratitude was phenomenal, so much so that he wrote a book about it called A Simple Act of Gratitude. How to do? Did he make a lot of money? Well, hopefully, but I'm sure that just (laughs) – I'm not certain on that. But I just thought, you know, how great is it that he really took the opportunity to improve his own well-being and just really living in a state of we have a lot to be grateful for. And it's really when you get in the habit of writing a thank you note, it does get so much easier. And there's even financial benefit. So I feel like if there was one that was going to land on a reason why – this one, especially in that money demo with yes. all of your yes. your great listeners, um, you know, after having an interview, that is an important time to actually send a thank you to that um, prospective employer. And CareerBuilder actually said only 57% of people do that. So that's a great way for you to stand what? out amongst the wait, other Wait, 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 wait. And Casey wants to hop in here, but real quick, Susan, Susan Beth with our guest, it's Mind Your Manners. We're talking about thank you notes uh, this week and how to say thank you. Before Casey pops in, if I interview for a job, I'm supposed to thank someone for interviewing mm-hmm. me for a job? Is that a thing? 
Yes, for their time. And again, you know, just letting them know that you really appreciated the opportunity to be considered. And so that's a great way to stand out. And even if you don't get the job, sometimes employers will keep that note in a file. And if a future opportunity opens up, they may even consider you. So that's a a great way, again, to stand out. Now, Susan, I've heard that you don't thank someone for their time because it's your time as well. What you actually want to thank them for is the consideration. Sure, absolutely. You know, and and that's that's a great point that they would really consider you to be worthy of that position. So you can do it by email, but if you I really recommend that handwritten is second best to thanking in person. Yeah, you mentioned email. I was going to ask you because that's the way I do it. I just send the follow up email and you're saying that's okay. But the thank you is not necessarily for the person receiving the thank you note, but it's actually for the sender. Yeah, so there's a lot of benefit for the sender as well as the receiver. I mean, I think that when I receive correspondence in the mail, you know, that can be a gift in of itself. I have received some beautiful thank you cards that I've held on to. Some I've even tucked away in my Bible that I'll go back to on days that I need some encouragement. So there's a lot of benefits to thank yous. As much as I know they're they're kind of painful, but I hope to even kind of encourage folks to not feel like they need to write a novel. They can be, they really should be very brief. I mean, three sentences would be sufficient. That thank you for this. The second sentence can, you know, personalize it. Oh, it's my absolute favorite color. I plan to use it in this way. And then a wrap-up sentence that, again, thank you for your thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. So it's just to be, you know, this long ordeal. So hopefully that also takes some of the guesswork out of it. And then just setting yourself up for success. This is something that I have found to be super helpful is if I have everything already pulled together. So my thank you notes, my pens, my stamps, all together in one place so I can just sit down, knock it out quickly. And I also love a really small thank you card. So like a four by six correspondence. <laughs> Less <laughs> room. <laughs> yes. You don't feel like you need to write, you know, uh, a lot. and But it's still, you, you're taking time to do that. Yeah, just like Rob, I grew up having to write all of the thank you notes, and then I turned around and taught that lesson to my daughter as well. And I'm curious, in situations like baby showers, for example, you normally have someone writing a list of all of the gifts that you've received. And do people still do the mass thank you cards after an event like that to every single person? And in the thank you note, do you have to be specific about what the gift was that you were given? Most ideally. So I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear, but yes, still taking time to send a thank you after, you know, a a shower or a wedding, you know, bridal shower, baby shower. Mm -hmm. And then as far as like a group gift goes, if it's a small group, you should also send the individual senders a thank you as well. So if it's a group larger than 10, I would say like a work shower you could post your thank you note up for everybody to see. But if it's a smaller group, it's really kosher to actually send each individual person a thank you. All right. Uh, Susan, back with our guests. It's Mind Your Manners. This week we're talking about how to properly say thank you when someone does something nice for you. Okay, let's not be naive, Susan. We are in the uh, technological age. Am I a bad thanker if I thank via the text message? Mm. A thank you really in any form is always better than no thank you at all. So that is what I would lean into. And it's never too late to send a thank you. So that's also a good thing to remember. But really, I mean, what's the best is a handwritten, but 
sending some some form of gratitude in some form or fashion is is you know better than nothing. So what about a gift? Like if I were to hand you a six pack of your favorite adult beverage and say thanks for marrying Micah, Susan, like is a <laughs> gift is a gift for a gift? Is that ever appropriate? Well, that's so uh, that's such a good question. It kind of depends. I mean, if I'm able to express my gratitude right there, I don't know in that circumstance if it really warrants, you know, sending something through the mail, but I did receive a thank you recently from my stepsister, and in the thank you card, she had put a gift card, and I thought, now do I owe her a thank, oh, thank you? you? Right. Where does the circle right. end? It's like, it's like the never-ending circle of thank you. So actually, the answer to that is no, but I did let her know that I received it, and I really appreciated it. So I think that is a circumstance where, you know, electronically is sufficient. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, it wouldn't be that continual circle of thank yous (laughs) now susan what about a hostess gift because isn't a hostess gift a way of saying thank you and do you have to bring a hostess gift for every time you're invited to someone's home you know it kind of depends you need to probably think about the circumstance and how much time and effort they put into you know pulling that together and that's what i really think about when it i'm a big fan of hostess gifts because you know when you do pull together something that requires a lot of intentionality it's just a great way to say hey i know you're probably out of a lot of expense time effort energy and this is just my little way of saying thank you and also hostess gifts don't have to be anything extravagant it can just be a little something to say hey i acknowledge that but if you're just going over for pizza on a friday you know and it's a regular occurrence then no All right, Susan, if people have enjoyed the chat today, you have a very fabulous website. Tell us about it and what they can find there. Absolutely. So it's Bell of the Midwest. Bell has an E on the end of it, so like Southern Bell. What you can find there are some of my past articles with Kit Magazine when I had a column called By the Rules, and we'll be continuing to grow the website. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And um, I'm looking to do more speaking engagements. I love it. I've got one coming up in May with the Noblesville Parks Department. There's a few openings left for that mother-daughter tea. So be sure to check out the Noblesville Parks website if you're interested. And, yeah, it's good. It's been a lot of fun getting back to doing something that I love. Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest.com. That's the website. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob, and thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.